Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 10 of the Australian Hiker podcast. Today's episode is titled, Why Do We Hike? In the first segment of today, we're going to be looking at reasons that people go through and hike from the common to the extreme. In the second segment of today's show, we're going to be reviewing Camper's Pantry freeze-dried vegetable meals. In the first segment of today's episode, we're going to be talking about why do we hike. And in putting this episode together, I had a fairly clear picture in my mind about the things that motivate me and push me as far as why do I hike and why do I, in fact, that matter, why do I exercise. But it made me wonder about what other people use as their justifications or their reasons for hiking. So we're going to go through and look at um, the main reasons that most people tend to hike uh, and we'll also have a look at some of the more extreme reasons that I and I know a number of other individuals also go through and, and hike as well. Okay, for probably the first one and, and the most obvious, I suppose, is fitness. Many people hike because they want to get themselves fit. They don't particularly like going to gyms. Um, and it really doesn't matter how far you walk um, or for how long you walk uh, Everything is going through and helping you improve your health. So in an article that was released online earlier this year from The Lancet, which is one of the world's oldest medical journals, they're actually going through and saying that sitting at work for eight hours a day, which often tends to be the average for most office workers, increases your chance of premature death by up to 60% and is now considered as a greater health threat as smoking and is causing more deaths than obesity. Uh, and really, the, the prevention of this is really one hour of brisk walking or cycling, which can be spread over the period of the day. So hiking is certainly a, a good opportunity to go through and um, uh, and add to this. That's a pretty frightening uh, finding, I think. Um, I, I, I suppose that means you just have to keep moving. Um, it's probably the thing that's driven the standing desk trend um, as well uh, but gee you know that's quite a big impact on your health if you're not exercising and you're not being active uh, for an hour a day so the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, weight loss this is quite variable in terms of who you are and the sorts of walking that you're doing uh, I know that when Tim and I go walking uh, he generally loses more weight than I do I probably don't try to lose weight on a hike uh, but on a long hike it's hard not to uh, but still he would lose much more weight than I do um, for the same kind of walking I know for me for a, when I go through and do a two-week long walk um, I expect to lose around about seven kilos which is about 15 pounds um, and I know 
from all the research I've done on some of the American long trails, things like the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail, it's not unusual for a lot of the guys to end up look, almost looking like scarecrows after a three or four month hike. Whereas the women, while they've toned up and lost some weight, um, there's, there's a definitely a large discrepancy on the amount that's actually been lost. Now, another reason that people went to enter hike is it's, it's something different from your, your day job. For most of us who are office workers, uh, and that certainly includes myself and, and Jill, um, we're sitting at computer screens all day. Uh, we may get up and move around for various reasons, but it's a fairly, fairly sedent, sedentary or fairly inactive sort of working lifestyle. Um, and apart from the health risks, it tends to be very much focused on staring at a computer screen these days. So just getting out and about uh, into, the, uh, into the environment and, and going for a walk is very different from what we do in our jobs. It creates a lot of interests. It keeps us um, alive, I suppose, uh, and um, keep, keeps us away from internet access. Uh, now, I know from my perspective, I, um, I tend to uh, have, have a, a lot of technology when I go hiking, uh, mainly because of doing the podcasts and the, and the blogs. So um, I will be recording and I will be taking photos as I go, but um, I don't mind not having access to the internet. And in fact, it's not unusual for a lot of the areas that I tend to walk in. Uh, phone signal and internet access is very, very limited. Yeah, I, d I certainly enjoy that part of uh, walking. And, um, you know, I... Uh, I I think it gives you an opportunity to think about some other things, to have a conversation about some other things. Um, uh, there was a, a photo of family that was recently uh, posted on Facebook and uh, a handful of people sitting in a room and everyone's got a, uh, a phone and they're checking their phone and they're probably looking at Facebook and other things, um, but they're not sitting in the room talking together and enjoying the company. Of, of the visitors that they had at that time. So when the phone doesn't work, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, and I tend to relegate my internet time to other times as well. So, you know, it does give you an opportunity to just be in the environment and to focus on some other things. Now, the next reason that uh, I think I and a lot of other people tend to hike is, is connecting to nature. Now, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I, um, I can only say that I've had what can only be described as spiritual moments on three occasions during my life. And these have all been to do with being in the outdoors, uh, particularly surrounding um, uh, areas that I've gone through and hiked that have just been so spectacular, so awe-inspiring, you just can't help to have an emotional response to them. Uh, and it's not something you're going to be doing having a, um, having a connection to uh, uh, an office job or anything like that. So connecting to nature uh, makes quite a big difference. I tend to like walking at different times of the day as well. So uh, I, I've discovered night hiking in the last few years and providing the conditions are right, uh, I'll often take the opportunity to night hike where I can. Certainly you need to be very conscious of uh, there are additional dangers, not least being that you can trip or fall over because it's a bit harder to see the trail. Um, it means you are missing out on things that you would normally see during the daytime. But um, it's, 
certainly night hiking for me is quite an enjoyable sort of process. During the rest of the day, I mean, I, I, I tend to like taking photographs uh, and I like seeing the different light uh, impact throughout the day. So sunrise is always pretty spectacular, spectacular in a lot of areas. Um, coming into the end of day is often pretty good. Um, having cloud cover. So it means that even though you might have done a hike a number of times before, it's pretty rare that it's ever actually the same. So you know, you might go today and then you might do exactly the same walk tomorrow and it ends up being totally different because of the weather conditions, because of the temperature, because of the animal or plant life that's around. So nature is certainly a fairly important part of, of the reason for a lot of us tending to hike. And it's certainly a big reason why I hike. I just like being out there and uh, you know if uh, sometimes it's a bit hard to get me moving because I I see something I just become awe inspired by it and I would really like to just hang about sometimes that's a bit hard when you've got to move to the next site or um, you you're conscious of the weather or whatever it might be but I just like being out there and watching and taking it all in now, one of the things that um, uh, I like doing, and I, I, I must admit, I, I, I like hiking in two different group sizes, for want of a better term. I like hiking by myself, and I'll talk about that a bit later on. But certainly I like hiking with Jill. Um, she's my partner. She's my best friend. And I like going through and being able to share an experience with her. Now, whether it's your best friend or your partner really doesn't matter. Um, but being able to share an experience with other people um, is is certainly a, a benefit of hiking. Uh, it's a reason that many people do hike. Um, and in fact, in America now, I mean, most of you are aware of a lot of the dating websites. There's now a, a, a an online dating website for people that like hiking in the States. So it's a, it's a way of people meeting up with other people who have the same sort of interests. Getting very specific, I know, but I suppose when you've got the population of the American North, uh, northern continent, it makes it a bit easier to sort of get a good number of people who have the same sort of interests. Well, I'm not quite sure what that reference to the dating hiking website was about, Tim, but you don't have to worry too much about that. Um, it, it is good to be doing an activity uh, with people that you care about, with uh, people that you have a connection with. Um, and being able to do that over a few days, uh, you know, creates experiences and memories and, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're really what it's all about and the good things in life. One of the things that surprised me, we did, um, we hiked the Larapinta Trail in, in August of this year and um, some of Jill's uh, work colleagues asked her uh, uh about uh, what do you actually talk about for, for two weeks when you're together by yourselves. And for me, that was really a surprising question that uh, we tend not to run out of things to talk about. We don't always have to spill, fill the, uh, the space or the silence with, with noise. So we're quite happy to, to walk for periods and not talk. But we're also happy to go through and talk when we need to. And we, we do talk. We do argue. Um, we discuss things that we don't often get a chance to at home because we're so focused on our own jobs when we're at home. Um, so it's it's a way a way of reconnecting with your partner or reconnecting with your friends that uh, 
um, that you may not get an opportunity because you're often dealing with technology. I did find some of the questions a bit a bit funny uh, before we did Lara Pinta. Um, and the questions were mostly about, won't we run out of things to say? And I, I, it just floored me. I just didn't know what to say to um, people in response to that. And the answer is obviously no. And as Tim said, we didn't have to talk all the time. Uh, but when we had something to say, we would say it, and mostly we were talking. Now, in relation to uh, hiking with partners, I must admit I tend to I hike in a different way when I'm hiking with Jill or with somebody else than I do when I'm hiking by myself. Usually if I'm hiking with Jill, she'll often lead. Um, I certainly am much taller. My, my stride is a lot bigger. Um, and I tend to be a fast walker anyway. So it's better better for both of us if I tend to follow behind. It means that uh, uh, I'm not uh, focusing on what I'm doing and leaving her behind, which is often the case if I'm out in front. So I tend to sort of uh, follow behind. Now, what that does from my perspective is um, I'll tend to go a bit into autopilot mode, um, and I'll actually um, uh, follow behind uh, in, a, in a manner that um, I tend to focus more on her boots rather than what's going around. So again, I can just focus on her boots. I can think about what I'm doing. Um, and um, um, that works quite well for most times, uh, except again, going back to our Lara Pinter trip, uh, she managed to walk through and uh, walk underneath a tree branch. I was following her boots quite comfortably and the first thing I knew about the tree branch when I'd fallen on the ground because I, I ran into it face first. Um, I tend not to do that sort of thing when I'm by myself. I'm very, very, very focused on uh, on what's going on when I'm when I'm solo hiking. But again, as I, as I said, when I'm hiking with somebody else, I just tend to fixate on the, the shoes in front of me. Uh, and I certainly do look around at the environment, but it's a way of me not having to pay so much attention when somebody else is doing the leading. I was very concerned about Tim. Uh, and until he got up and and it was clear that he was okay, uh, had a bit of a bruise on his forehead. Um, but then I have to confess, I did laugh. <laughs> I, I just didn't think, and it was one of those horrible things that you're supposed to be, you know, guiding people behind you about the dangers of he- ahead, and I didn't. Um, and I just, you know, I, I just didn't even register. I didn't have to duck my head. Uh, I just walked on on through, and poor Tim got it you know full full bore on the front of his head thankfully it wasn't going too fast <laughs> but it was just yeah i was walking and the next thing i was i was on the backside. now uh, one of the other things that sort of um that raises um uh, as far as um reasons for hiking uh, i often tend to go into autopilot mode when i'm exercising and what i mean by this is that um I'll, uh, I'll focus on what I'm doing, whether it's solo hiking or with uh, being with somebody else. I'll, um, um, I'll go through and uh, be walking, putting my foot one foot in front of the other. Um, but it does give me a chance to let my body go into autopilot mode and I tend to switch out and think of things. Uh, it can be any number of things. For me, when I was studying at university um, or even when I'm working, um, um, 
when I'm hiking is where I tend to think of things. Most of the ideas in relation to this uh, blog and podcast tend to come when I'm walking, uh, and I'll uh, I'll actually drag my phone out and send myself an email, regardless of whether the phone's working or not. I'll just sort of uh, send myself an email just to say, don't forget to do this or don't forget to do that. It's a, a bit of a message reminder. Um, but it's a chance to sort of focus inwards, if you like. Uh, I'm typically an extrovert, uh, so the, the, the chances I get to actually hike by myself is a chance to, to think inside my own head. Uh, and again, it's, uh, it's, it's one of my big, big main reasons for actually hiking. I'm a little bit different. Um, hiking gives me an opportunity to clear my head, uh, not to think about things. I think about a lot of things a lot of time. So um, hiking is an opportunity to focus on perhaps almost nothing, but not quite almost nothing. Um, The other thing about hiking is to learn about nature. Now, you are hiking, you're you're actually in the environment, and even if you're not really that much into learning or not focusing specifically on learning, is that you'll tend to learn a lot just by being in the environment. So certainly I I have a background in horticulture, uh, landscape architecture and cultural heritage. Um, So um, you'll often see on some of the the hiking sites or the walking sites that I post will often have uh, something to do with indigenous rock art. Uh, And because that's an area that I work in, um, it's got a lot of interest for me. So I get to see things, even though I work in the area, I still enjoy seeing these sort of things um, in the wild, in the wild, so to speak. So, um, you know, apart from learning about heritage, you're learning about the plants and animals. And as I said before, I do like taking photographs. Um, probably, um, I have a thing about taking photographs of bark. Um, and it's amazing what you can actually see either naturally or, you know, I've got, a, I've got some photos, which I'll post over the next few weeks, um, of trees that have been burnt. And again, it's just uh, the textures and the colours are quite amazing. Um, some of the, the photo shots that I really do like taking is wilderness areas after a storm. And I've got a few of those that I've collected over the last few years where some very big storms have come through. Uh, not so good to get out there with a the camera while it's bucketing now with rain, uh, but certainly just after the, the storms moved away or the storms just approaching, you can get some quite good photos out of that. Yeah, I agree with that, Tim. It, it is great to be part of uh, what's happening in a little space and looking closely and uh, just observing um, what's around you. Um, we're hoping uh, this coming year to spend a bit of time with um, our niece and her son, uh, starting him off in uh, camping and hiking and uh we're not quite sure what we'll experience yet, but uh, hopefully he'll, enjoy, he'll start to enjoy it um, and end up enjoying it as much as we do. I think the other thing, you know, we've talked about lots of positive things. We've talked about lots of positive things uh, in relation to hiking. Um, hiking is a challenge. Uh, you want to do something that is physically and um, mentally uh, difficult uh, otherwise it'd just be a little bit of a stroll around the block I guess um, so while your fitness might be there 
there are other things that you need to be conscious of and other things you need to be thinking about as you are doing your hiking um, and developing your uh, understanding of the environment that you're in, uh, developing your uh, engagement with the hiking is, is part of that and part of that challenge. So you might be doing hiking to get yourself physically fit, uh, but you have to remember that there are some other things that, that are, are part of hiking, whether it's you know big hills, whether it's long hikes, whether it's difficult terrain, whether it's uh, uh, perhaps uh, apprehension about some of the things, some of the animals you might see along the way. Uh, Tim certainly had that in the last uh, week or so when he did some hiking and, and found a few snakes uh, along the way. Um, so, you know, you do it for all sorts of different reasons and mostly those reasons are good things and even a challenge can be a good thing for you. And I think the challenge doesn't necessarily have to be physical as well. I mean, while for a lot of us, you know, you want to be able to push yourself physically, there's got to be a, a limit. You've got to know what your limits are. Um, it's no good doing something, never having hiked or walked in your life, saying, well, I'm going to do a, a five-day hike. You need to build up to that. Um, but the physical challenges are there, whether there is just a short half-day hike or a one-hour hike or a, or a five- or a ten-day hike. But apart from the physical side of things, there's also the mental challenges. Uh, I know that uh, on long sort of two-week hikes that we tend to do on a regular basis, that, that the Jill and I will have up days and down days. Uh, and it's it's normally works quite well because when someone's having a bad day, the other person's normally reasonably upbeat and they can sort of help the other person along. So that's certainly one of the advantages of, of, of traveling as a, in, in more, uh, rather than just as one person. Yes, I know that um, mentally I do have this uh, concept of uh, the hump day. Uh, that's the day of the midpoint. And once you get beyond that, I'm, uh, you know, reasonably happy. <laughs> um, sometimes in the lead up to hump day, it's a bit of a struggle for me. So I probably don't have as many up and down days as Tim has but I have a hell of a down day just before hump day. <laughs> All right now most of the stuff we've just talked about in the last uh, last part last part of this session has been things that people can fairly well relate to quite easily you know they can understand the concept of fitness or a challenge or uh, uh, wanting to be with nature or just wanting to do something different than from a work perspective. This next part really relates more to myself, and I know there's a number of other people out there that I know that fall into this category as well, and that's probably getting into the, the realms of crazy, if you like. And why I say that is um, I tend to do to hike, and a lot of the activities I tend to do sometimes will border on the extreme. Uh, and to give you an example of this, uh, day before Christmas, so not too too long ago, um, I decided to do a 54-kilometre hike uh, in a single day. Um, and it wasn't just a flat 54-kilometre hike. Uh, it was a very steep, uh, very um, complex sort of hike. Now, for me, it wasn't... Uh, I, I did it just because I wanted to do it. Um, but it's, it's, for me, it's also... Uh, I have other reasoning behind that as well. For those people that know me, I could probably be described as a, as a type A personality. 
I'm competitive, I'm outgoing, I'm ambitious. Uh, I don't like being told that something's not possible or I can't do something. Uh, to me, that's a bit like a, a red rag to the bull. I'll try to go through and say, well, sorry, you say it can't be done. I'll show you it can. Doesn't always work well, work out that well. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's, whoops, yep, really it can't be done. But I like to go through and, and know for myself that that's the case. So thankfully, this competitive streak tends to be inward focused. I don't tend to try and compete with others when I'm hiking. Um, I must admit, I, uh, I, when I do tend to hike or when we hike, we tend to have one pace and that's it. Um, that's a bit like being on the road. There's nothing worse than having people that'll be fairly fast on the flat, fairly slow going up hills, fairly, uh, and walk a different pace going down hills. So if, you know, as long as it's a consistency of pace, I'm happy with that. Um, what I do tend to do though is um, uh, doing the hike like I just described to, to Mount Bimbury in the ACT um, was for a couple of reasons. One, it's for to me to, to personally challenge myself to see what I'm capable of. Um, and the reason I did that in one day was I'm looking at doing the, uh, the two, uh, one of the 2017 Oxfam, tra uh, Oxfam trail walks, which is 100 kilometres in 48 hours. And this was an indication of whether I was capable of doing that or not. And certainly I don't think I could have picked a harder training route than the one I chose. Uh, to see whether that I had that ability or not. I've also got a few longer hikes planned over the next, uh, both in the next in the short term. Um, I'm planning on doing a uh, a three day 145 kilometer hike in January this year or January next year, sorry, um, which is the Canberra Centennial Trail. Um, a much flatter, much easier sort of trip than what I actually went through and did just prior to Christmas. So again, it gives me a good indication of what I'm capable of and whether I can actually do this hike in this period. Now, we've talked about physical challenges and mental challenges uh, while you're hiking. Uh, I do need to say that following Tim with the Spot Me um, satellite on his 54-kilometre uh, walk in one day, hike in one day, was quite challenging um, personally, uh, you know, the weather here was not so good. Uh, and fortunately, there wasn't a big storm where he was, but we weren't, I wasn't far away. And there was a huge storm, absolutely huge storm late in the day. And, uh, you know, tracking him and making sure that he was still moving and he, and he was still okay, uh, was quite a personal challenge for me. And, uh, you know, even though I got updates every 10 minutes uh, to see if his little button had moved, um, there were times when the uh, the satellite feed didn't come through. Um, and so I had to wait uh, at one point about 40 minutes for some update, updating on where he was. So while Tim might be doing his physical challenge and he might be doing his mental challenge, um, others are also when they're watching him doing a physical challenge and a mental challenge as well. Now, apart from looking in the short term and some of the, uh, as I said, apart from doing the Centennial Trail next month and potentially the, the Oxfam Trail Walker later in, in next year, I've also got a series of through hikes, long distance through hikes of um, 650 kilometres and, and above over the next six years planned. And for me, this is about 
working out what my limit limitations are, working out what I'm actually capable of to allow me to go through and plan. I mean, I, I'm a, I am an obsessive planner. Um, I, you know, I'm not planning on doing these hikes. Now, my first long distance hike, and I do mean long distance hike, is 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 uh, uh, almost two years away, and I've already started that planning process. Uh, and in fact, I'm probably further ahead on that plan um, than the Tasmanian trip we've got going in February, which I need to sort of focus on in the next week. Um, but it's just the way I tend to operate. Um, having said that, though, I still enjoy hiking uh, as a couple as well as solo hiking. Um, solo hiking, um, it allows me to just focus on what I'm trying to achieve. Um, and I must admit, doing the Mount Bembury track uh, the other day, which I'll, um, I'll actually do a podcast on in January, um, it, was, it was a very interesting experience knowing that nowhere was there a person within 20 kilometers of me. Um, and this is a trip I'd done a number of times before uh, and always come across people. But obviously the day before Christmas, very good day to go hiking because there is no one else around. All right, so whatever the reason you hike and whatever the distances, the important thing to remember is just get out there and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Thanks, Tim. Now, this next segment is um, going to be a review on Campus Pantry freeze-dyed meals. Now, Campus Pantry is a, a, a company that... I'm not quite sure of the background of, but certainly I only discovered over the last sort of four to six weeks. Uh, and I remember uh, earlier uh, this year when I was going through and planning our Larapenta trail track that um, I was looking at trying to find options for, for vegetables on the trail. Um, for when you're doing one or two day tracks, um, eating whatever really doesn't worry me too much, but for, certainly for longer tracks, I tend to miss the fruit and veggies. So I try and up the quantities of vegetables that are available. Uh, and up until um, uh, certainly recently, the main uh, main product on the market has been um, uh, the vegetable mix, you know, which is the, the peas, uh, corn and, and carrots that most people have, have been used to from the camping stores. And while this is, uh, is, is a good product, uh, it just tends to get a bit monotonous after a while. So I was very happy to discover that uh, Campus Pantry had gone through and produced a series of um, freeze-dried uh, vegetables uh, in uh, the traditional hiking style packets, the foil tile packets. Um, so um, I'd just like to go through and sort of talk a bit about what's available uh, and sort of share my view of, of what I think they're like. So currently the, uh, the range includes mushrooms, cauliflowers, uh, cauliflower, carrots, peas, broccoli, parsnips, potatoes, and beans. And so it gives you quite a good bit of variation. So if you're doing some longer trips, you're no longer limited to just one type of vegetable for that sort of extended period where you do need to carry uh, carry sort of lightweight food. Um, the instructions on the packet are fairly easy to follow. Um, and basically it requires, it, it suggests that you add them to a meal or um, else cook them and cover them in boiling water for a roughly around about two to five minutes and add seasoning to taste. So they are vegetables and they are just plain vegetables. So it's, um, it's really a matter of 
Um, sometimes a plate of plain vegetables does need a bit of seasoning or a bit of spicing up. And certainly um, my focus has, has been with Australian Hiker, I'm not talking about cooking on the trail and preparing food on the trail. It's more about rehydrating um, or using the concept of um, stoveless camping um, to rehydrate meals um, just to minimise the weight that you're going through and carrying. Um, so from my perspective, I tended to, I didn't quite follow the instructions the way they were meant to. I treated them like a normal uh, dehydrated meal where I just put them into boiling water uh, and let them sit for around about 10 minutes. Um, I didn't worry about having them over a stove while I was cooking. And I found that to be quite, uh, to work quite well. Uh, so I did a, did a mixture of all the vegetables. And with probably the exception of, say, the potatoes, which the pieces are quite large, everything else cooked quite comfortably in that sort of time period. The other thing I tried as well, particularly on the on the uh, the concept of stoveless, is to put them into um, a peanut butter jar with cold water for about 90 minutes with some olive oil. Uh, and again, after that sort of period, uh, they were quite edible. Uh, I still would have liked to have put some spices in there with them, uh, but otherwise they worked quite well as far as not having to, to heat them up to cook. I agree, Tim. As a, a vegetable that you can take on the trail, um, they taste good. Uh, they're obviously light, they're freeze, freeze-dried so that they'll pack away quite easily and the preparation time is um, very quick uh, and doing it the way Tim did it in terms of uh, adding water, hot water and waiting for a little bit of extra time um, was quite effective. Uh, the potatoes were a little bit large and probably just needed to be cut up uh, to uh, make the rehydrating a slightly quicker process. Um, I do need to say that the parsnips were a little bit bitter for my taste. Uh, I wasn't a fan, um, but perhaps that could have been um, sorted or improved with some seasoning of some kind. And I think uh, for a lot of people, parsnip's probably not one of the common vegetables that people tend to eat. It does really well as a roast. Um, but I, I must admit, I, I didn't have any problem with the parsnip at all. But that's certainly, I, I, I'm a parsnip fan, so I'm quite happy to eat it uh, raw or with minimal spicing. Yeah, and I do need to say that we did eat them, eat the vegetables without any help. So we didn't have them uh, accompanying any other a type of food or uh, folded in or mixed in with anything in another dish so you know it was pretty uh, pretty basic and for everything to be tasty with that one small issue with the parsnip that I had I think is probably a good outcome. Now as far as the um, the facts on these ones go the the dried weight of the products ranges between 20 grams and 65 grams depending on the uh, the actual um product itself um, that weight is the actual uh, edible component it doesn't include the bag weight so I've seen some manufacturers include the bag weight uh, and get get the weights quite horribly wrong whether accidentally or deliberately uh, I've got a couscous meal I tried a while ago that was supposedly weighed 100 grams and when I put the entire packet on the scales the whole thing was only 30 grams so there's definitely some some problems there somewhere but for the campus pantry the weights are quite accurate uh, they don't include the bag weights in there. Uh, 
Um, their bags resealable, so you can take out what you need. Um, unse- uh, sealed up the bags, got a two-year shelf life, or the recommendation is one week when opened. So that will last most uh, most hikers for the traditional hikes they tend to go through and do. The range is excellent. Uh, as I said, it's, I like to have a bit of variety in my food. I go through stages, particularly on longer hikes, where my tastes change, and I don't particularly want to eat the same thing over again, so it's nice to have a bit of variation. Negatives, and there always are some negatives whenever you're looking at uh, at food. Um, Basically, they're vegetables, and as such, they're light on protein. So really, if you you don't want to rely on just eating vegetables for a week or two, uh, but they can be supplemented on longer trips to ensure that you keep up your energy. I've, uh, if you go through to the show notes, I've gone through and uh, included a recipe that, that incorporates uh, the veggies. Um, and when you uh, include them, include the, the recipe with olive oil and, um, and couscous, uh, the, the actual uh, protein and, and uh, calorie value goes up quite dramatically. Um, they, I would say that the carrot, the potatoes, um, are probably a bit on the large size as far as pieces are concerned, so I'd probably be inclined to break them up. Um, but again, if they're incorporated into a stew or an existing meal, I don't think that would really be an issue. The other thing I'd say about this as a product is they are dearer than the well-known three veggie mix that's available. Um, but again, having said that, these are, are sold as a premium product, and they certainly are that. They, they taste good. They've got a good variety, uh, and I think in that respect, the price is not excessive. It's actually quite reasonably priced between the, the $5.95 to $7.95 a packet. So all up, I'd say <laughs> this is a product that I'll certainly be incorporating into my hiking trips from now on. Um, I think it's, uh, it's about time we had a good range of vegetables uh, available to hikers and campers, uh, and I, I wish them all the, the, the best success Uh, and hope to see what other new products they bring out in the future. Well, that's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Just a a bit of an update for everyone for the podcasts. Uh, Apart from being on iTunes, we're we're also now on Stitcher Radio. So for those of you that uh, use Android phones and might want to use an alternative to iTunes, it certainly now exists. Uh, there's more detailed show notes on the website and we'll have uh, contain information on the recipe and the link to Campers, uh, Campers Pantry just so you can have a look at the products that we've gone through and reviewed. Um, in the coming weeks, as I mentioned, we will actually be uh, doing a podcast on the Mount Bimbury Walk uh, and we'll um, uh, have information on that walk as well just to give you an idea of, uh, of what that was like. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, next episode, we're actually going to be talking about um, hiking as a couple, uh, and it certainly has its challenges and its enjoyment. So, hope you all have a, a good new year, uh, and look forward to to seeing you early in the new year. Bye for now.